You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. The coronavirus pandemic and subsequent lockdown is an unprecedented situation in these modern times. It's really hard to gauge the full impact that the situation is having on our children and young people, their mental health and well-being. Today on Wellness for Life, we have Dr. Lisa Coach. She's a triple boarded in internal medicine, bariatrics, and anti-aging and regenerative medicine, and the medical director and founder of Spectra Wellness Solutions, a comprehensive clinic focusing on all aspects needed for total body healing. Dr. Coach is here to give parents and caregivers practical wellness tips for our children so they can be at their very best tip, tip-top shape during this new school year. Great to have you here on Wellness for Life, Dr. Lisa. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm so excited to connect to you. All right. So, gosh, what's really, you know, during these times, everyone, all, every school, I should say, have implemented their own rules of engagement and social distancing, wearing the appropriate PPEs to prevent the spread of corona. And so what are the most important foundational measures all parents must take uh, if their children are to go to school, physically go to school? Because we know a lot are also uh, going online and virtually uh, attending school. Absolutely. I think looking back at the basics, A lot of us have really been out of routine for these past six months, and it kind of seems like a time warp, I think, to a lot of people where that it seems like it was yesterday, but it's been a long period of time where maybe the typical schedules have not applied. And and kids are creatures of, of schedule. They do better with routine. So what I would say to start out is to just make sure that you're you're embracing a schedule, whether it be for sleep, whether it be for diet, which is always going to be super important, and just and just being supportive, looking at how we can look at their mental health and and whether or not they're scared to go back to school, how we can kind of calm those things down and have the conversations that we need to have. Well, let's talk about schedule, Uh, you know, because at school, and when we do go to school, everyone is on a, a very, very exact. There's bells ringing. You've got three minutes to go from one class to another and all that. And if you're at home and our children are managed through an online, you know, virtual uh, uh, Zoom call, or then they just are not as well managed. How can parents, what can parents do? Like literally what tools can parents use to create a schedule? I think if you are home, um, doing Zoom, or school from the house, it is just as important as if the kids are going to physically to school to try to keep some type of schedule. Because again, the creatures of routine, they, they just really do well with it. And what I find with a lot of my patients, children, my own kids is if we can empower them, and, so, and some of this depends on the age of your kids, but if you can make the schedule together, um, if there, there is some flexibility in the time for work versus time for some free thinking versus, you know, physical activity, trying to make sure that we are putting all of that down into a calendar and letting them be proactive and be part of both forming it, but also adhering to it and maybe reviewing it at night to see how well on the point, how well on marks you were 
um, and what you could improve on for the next day or the next week, maybe evaluating it once a week, that type of thing. And sometimes getting a physical calendar with the schedule where the kids can actually see it, use hands-on so that they're writing in the time slots for the different parts of the day. For little children, maybe it's even like a magnet that they can put up for when they're in a different section of, of school, if it's, again, physical activity or lunchtime or, or focus time. So um, older kids could have it on devices and phones where they could have it ring and an alarm, just anything that's an easier hack to keep them focused and on track. Mm, that's great. That's a great, great advice. So have, having, you know, empowering our children, having them help you build the schedule, write it all down. And I know that when you write things down, it really gets into our brain and our body. Uh, much easier. You know, I, I have a telemedicine practice, Dr. Lisa, and, and uh, one of my, just this week, the mother of uh, a nine-year-old patient uh, talked about how her daughter is suffering severe, severe anxiety due to this new school year, more than it used to be when she was um, going to regular before COVID. And it clearly, uh, from the symptomatology, as I suspected that her cortisol and her adrenaline was well level was so high that she could barely even you know stay uh, go to sleep. She was still awake at like two a.m. two a.m. So how can we tell? How can we tell if our children are struggling from stress and anxiety? What are some of those you know signs um, and symptoms that we've got to take a look at as parents? And then what are some of the approachable ways uh, for children to manage stress? during sure. these COVID, you know, anxiety and anxiety that they feel? I think the number one way to be able to tell if the kids are suffering is to really open the dialogue. Um, so many parents, and I see tons and tons in my, in my busy practice, are so all consumed with um, the fear that has been kind of programmed throughout this pandemic that they don't realize the energy that they're putting off in their homes. And we've got these sponges. And again, depending on the age of the child, but they're going to feed off of your energy. So I would say that to answer both questions, number one is going to be open a dialogue, make the child feel safe to discuss their opinions without putting your own fear-based mindset into the conversation when you can. So trying to have a clear, open, supportive, um, energetically safe zone to talk and trying to control your own fears um, in a way where you're not putting that energy onto them without realizing it. Um, some of the tools, so, so open communication, take a look at, at their behaviors. Uh, most of us know what our kids, like how they typically respond to questions and their sleep patterns to a certain degree. And maybe if they are gaining or losing weight or if they're fidgeting more, um, there can, those can be signs that things are not right, even if they're putting on a smiling face trying to be supportive. And in terms of what they can do, I love guided meditation. It's one of my most simplest tools because it is right there free on YouTube. Uh, you can type in guided meditation for children and let, again, let them pick. So I'm 
super, super uh, supportive of empowering children. They have a lot more knowledge, a lot more intuition than most of us realize. And letting them play with different voices um, on the meditation to choose what kind of feels connected to them so that they, they can find something that they can calm down a little faster too is one of my favorite hacks. Um, another would be something to do with their hands, whether it is uh, coloring or some, you know, girls like some of these different types of meditation type coloring books or just coloring in general. But for boys, and, and this it can go all the way up through high school, doing something in like the yard and getting their hands in the dirt, um, building something, those are great tools for stress that I think a lot of times we, we forget about. Oh, great. Thanks a lot, Dr. Lisa. You know, you mentioned something about how the fear-based conversations, um, you know, I, I had to do a, a home visit. I usually don't. Like I said, most of my work is through telemedicine, but I had to do a home visit on one, one family. And um, I was really surprised. One of the older children mentioned um, just kind of like talking about how the corona is not real, you know, like, um, you know, the, the news is saying that it's not real. So there's so much that they listen to. You mentioned how they're sponges um, when their parents are talking. And even if it's adult, adults are talking, the kids actually listen. They can hear on, in conversations Absolutely. and they <laughs> repeat exactly what the parents say or adults will say. It was just really surprising how amazingly um, the information was incorrect. You know, as, a, as you and I are doctors, so we know what's really going on in the science of Corona. And then we know about all of these myths, not myths and things that are very controversial that they come out with. And the kids are thinking this too, you know? So I highly recommend parents to, parents gotta be careful what they use, what words they use, just, just, out of the blue, whatever, you know, they want to say something, Let's, they're watching the news all together, and then they make a comment, and this can be what your children think as well. Yes, and I, I can tell when I walk in a room at this point, throughout the pandemic, but still today, I can tell within about five seconds if someone is actively watching the news or not. And these are adults predominantly that I see in my practice, but they don't realize that just by having this on in the background, how it is getting into the subconscious of our children. So forget about the fact that the adults are speaking things that are probably way too much for a child to process and understand, but even just leaving the TV on and, and we forget that it's on in the background and these kids are just soaking it up consciously or subconsciously which is going to affect their adrenals, their cortisol, their thyroid, um, make them just feel anxious. And a lot of times without even knowing why, because they are processing the fear of the collective um, without knowing what it is. And they, they don't have the skills to be able to understand that. So as adults, we have to be very vigilant about not only what we say around them, but what is even on just in the background. Yes, excellent. That's great. Yeah. You know, um, that background energy that, that our, our children and even adults, we all absorb it physically. It does have a very, very strong effect on our digestive tract. And that's part of the reason why 
you know, um, when we have like irritable bowel symptoms, the irritable syndrome is such such a high, you know, a very um, prevalent in our country and having stomach aches, kids get stomach aches. And that's because the stress and often the stressors affect our microbiome and the way our immune system is, our nervous system of the gut. So optimal nutrition is really one of those key, essential keys to raising happy, healthy young people. What's your kid-friendly dietary breakdown? How do you like to support our young people's uh, day-to-day food list? I think it will follow the common theme of getting them involved. So making it fun to be in the kitchen, letting them choose something that sounds exciting and yummy and maybe find a recipe but then pulling out the flour for some almond, you know, instead of the gluten, we're going to use almond flour and taking out pure sugar and maybe using a pure plant-based stevia extract. Um, so modifying recipes that may get them excited and, the, and foods that they want to eat, but having them get used to paying attention to the source of the ingredients and understanding that there are healthy options that they can still have food that tastes good. Um, with my kids, especially just teaching them about label reading has been invaluable. Like if there's more than a handful of things on the ingredient list, and if you don't understand what the words are, then don't eat it. Just keep looking. So keeping it basic like that um, so that they don't get overwhelmed and also making sure that they don't feel deprived so that they are going to go and overload on junk when you, when you're not looking. So allowing the occasional, you know, party with processed foods just so, so that they can taste it. And it's not some scary foreign thing, just educating them when they're eating it, that it's not the best choice. And maybe next time we can find an alternative um, that would be good on their body, but still taste good. Mm. You know, I, in my practice, I find with my patients, there's, there's the people that actually gain weight during this time, right? The whole family ends up gaining uh-huh. weight because they're eating foods, more foods, because they're in the house. They're not as active, right? And then there's um, individuals um, and families that are really, really, they've decided they're going to do their very best and they're eating the best reasons. They're telling me that, oh my God, this has been the best situation because we're making food just as you say dr lisa they're making food together and and we're picking out the the uh, going to the farmers markets and getting the best organics so it's interesting how through this times of covid uh everyone's been really looking and and doing better a lot of them are better but some of them aren't and we know that childhood obesity is has been going up in the rate so um besides the food, what else can we do to help our children you know, do better during the school year? I think physical activity really has to be discussed. You know, when they are at school physically, they're getting this time for PE as a general rule, most schools. Um, when people had were really, really nervous at the beginning of this pandemic, I mean, I, a lot of families that I was seeing were not getting out of the house at all, which was absolutely horrifying to me. So um, getting kids out, they need to be connected to nature. So there's kind of two 
two components to this piece, which is the nature connection, because kids are such generally kind of empathic and energetically sensitive beings in a beautiful way. They need the support of nature. They need to be in the grass. They need to be climbing trees. Um, so letting they need sunlight. We all do. But kids, it seems like even more. So having that time to connect to nature is key. And then also just the act of, of getting your heart rate up and physical activity, trying to find a way to number a, schedule it into the day so it's not forgotten with all the busyness of homeschooling and whatever else is going on, and B, making it fun so that they don't feel like it's a chore. And so with that can come, again, empowerment of our kids. What do you want to do for your physical activity today? And can we make up a game? Can we use creativity, creative minds? Um, can we, is it just going to be us outside? Are there other neighborhood kids that we could stay socially distanced but still be active? Maybe we can race, make it a competition, um, something fun and something that rotates so that they don't get tired of, of the same routine every day. Mm, that's such a good point. Oh, you know, over the 30, last 30 years, schools have reduced physical education. I, I, it, when I was growing up, every day we had to have some form of activity for an hour. We even were given time to shower after our activity. That was what was mandatorily required. But now uh, PE, especially in COVID times, if you're not going to school, school, of course, but if you're indoors all the time, you don't get that activity. So um, scheduling that in, I think, is is important, just as you're saying. Absolutely. What, what do you think, though? Um, how do you feel about, because you know, I, for children, we're all on the fence. A lot of us talk about um, they're, they're having less, you know, amounts. They're, they're not getting the virus as often. They don't, they don't get sick as much. But I think it's just as important for them to be cautious and wearing uh, PPEs if they have to, if they're going, getting close to kids, uh, each other. But if they were like to social distance, would you recommend your children um, to wear a mask while they're playing out there with other kids? So that's, you know, a very controversial topic. I, uh, I feel because the kids really are not getting this virus in such an extreme way as a lot of the adults with comorbidities, um, that anything throughout this pandemic has to be looked at with a broader uh, critical thinking type of approach. And when I look at anything, I'm looking at the ripple effect and not just the actual act. So when you take a child who is learning how to connect to others and learning how to uh, be comfortable in speaking their truth and asking questions, I do feel that the mask uh, can block some of that. So when you're going to be on top of others, um, clearly right this minute, we don't have much of a choice. But I think whenever we have the opportunity for them to have it off, and especially in physical activity, um, they, I would strongly recommend wherever possible that they keep the social distancing and get their activity without wearing the mask. Um, yeah, you and I feel the same way about that. You know, it's a hard call. It's a really hard call. But if you can do sports that 
I, I, I think the, one of the biggest missing factors for our children is actually being social, community, having community. And um, a lot of our kids are getting, getting having depression. And uh, one of my patients said they started stuttering because they don't talk to anyone anymore. You know, they're stammering with words or stuttering. I mean, it's just so sad. And, and they really need social, not co close contact, but social contact, meaning they need people in their lives more than just their parents and their family members. So I, I really, um, I tell my, my patients that, you know, do go out more and in, in the family, the, the, uh, your neighborhoods, when you know everyone's safe, at least go out and you could throw ball. You can literally be across the street and have a baseball and have a really nice conversation uh, with each other, throwing ball, you know, or uh, kicking soccer. You don't have to be in close contact and you don't need to wear the mask if you are in those types of uh, types of sporting type of situation. Um, I, I really feel for them. I feel for them. Absolutely. Agree completely. And I think that I, I've been able to turn the mask concept um, into a little bit of a positive challenge for a lot of my adult patients. Um, so what I tell them to do is to be more in tune with the energy they're putting out into the environment. So um, there is an exercise they do at a resort in Arizona called Miraval, where you're controlling a horse without speaking. Um, and it's all about being mindful and being in the moment and being conscious of the energy you bring to the space and the horse, the horse will respond just like when somebody walks in a room and you may not see their face or hear them speak. You can feel if the room got lifted or the room kind of got the life sucked out of it. So I, I kind of brought the challenge up to my patients of, when you have to wear the mask, which none of us want to do, can you still convey openness and love and acceptance and connection with your energy body? And I think it's kind of, that kind of gives it a, a challenge. But the kids, that is a little bit of a concept that's too big for them to understand. So they are still forming the ability to make these connections and, and they really need it off as much as safely possible. Mm, I love that you you incorporate body language, energy language, um, because it, it does work. It really does. That's fantastic. We only have a couple more minutes here, Dr. Lisa. Can you give us, um, if, I mean, I don't know if you have this, but do you have an immune boosting vitamin kit that you, you share with your young people so that they can battle those winter bugs? Yes, absolutely. It is the basics. So vitamin D, I have people go up to about 10,000 and children as, as soon as newborn babies can go on a thousand of vitamin D. So getting the D in is, is, is number one because it has direct antiviral and just immune supporting both the innate and adaptive different sides of the immune system. Vitamin C, an old favorite because it works. Um, zinc, which has had a comeback during COVID. Um, zinc is, is really incredible in terms of the common cold and, and antiviral capacity. Um, so those three are my basic kit. And then I recommend adding things like glutathione and turmeric um, and some omegas when it, just to prevent inflammation or if you do get 
sick to add those in early on, it makes a big difference. And just paying attention all the time to the basic things, diet, sleep, mindset, um, and connection. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa, where can we find more about you and your work? Uh, please check me out on social media at Dr. Lisa Coach and on my website, spectrawellness.com. And I've been sharing a lot of great experience and information throughout this pandemic um, uh, on those platforms. Fantastic. Um, so that's Dr. Lisa Coach. And, and in, with her social media, the way you spell it is K O C H. E K O C H E for Dr. Lisa Coach. You know, Dr. Coach uh, also has a, a book out called Get Lit, and I know we didn't talk about that, but Lisa, I definitely want to have you back to talk about your book and you know what your what inspired you to write that and and what you share in that book. I hope that can happen soon. I would love that, Suzanne. Anytime. Thank you. Okay, Spectra Wellness is her website. Definitely go check it out. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know you've learned a lot, a great deal of information, especially for you and your family and how you can up-level your children's health. And I'm sure it will change your life. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. If you need to help, any help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. My contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.